Are you looking to take your media strategy to the next level and make impact with millions of customers? Walmart Connect harnesses the massive reach of America's number one retailer. They can help you connect more meaningfully with Walmart's 139 million weekly online and in-store customers to find the right audience for your message. They use Walmart's proprietary customer purchase data to help you precisely target even niche audiences at scale. Visit walmartconnect.com today to see how they can help you find the customers you want at the scale you need. And hello, everybody. Welcome back to another amazing day. You all are in for a treat. Again, I say that all the time. But today I'm speaking with Christian D'Amato. And you all, this kid is just mind blown. He started this company, Devo Media, when he was a senior in high school, and he is now like taking the influencer marketing world by storm, in my opinion. And he also helps with like email list and just all this cool stuff. And so we're breaking down Gen Z, starting your own online business, how it's different for the younger generation, to creating the perfect brand list and media list and creator list. And if you're interested in any of that and just want to know how a person started a business as a senior in high school, then you definitely want to tune in and keep on listening. Christian, thank you so much for joining us today. So glad to be here. Thank you, Colin. I appreciate it. All right. So our first question that we start out with all of our guests is, what does the term young influential mean to you? Um, I mean, I think it means like to me in the world of like social media and then technology in general, it allows for a lot more people to do a lot more things with a lot easier access, if that makes sense. Uh, me, for example, I work in the world of social media. I've been able to, you know, generate some cool partnerships. And 20 years ago, you know, with no TikTok, no Instagram, I believe no Twitter, stuff like that just wasn't possible. And it, I think it means, to me at least, uh, the accessibility of younger people to make an impact in the world, whether it be obviously on our end, social media, but uh, I think it uses, or sorry, social media becomes a bit of a microphone in that sense to amplify whatever young people are doing, and I think it's great. And I feel like I feel like one of those one of the things that I've noticed is like a lot of times people will be like, oh, social media that like whatever they, they they talk about it like it's some just like stupid to whatever, and I feel like people to this day still don't realize like how much you can do with social media and like how now that we've come like through the rough part of the pandemic, how we that was like our only way to communicate and like find out stuff and like do FaceTimes with friends or like create content like with uh, TikTok to find some sense of outlet. So I feel like now people are starting to see the power that social media has. But I feel like at the beginning people were like, oh, yeah, like my kid does this like stupid app and like whatever, whatever. But it's but now that people have come to see like the power of social media and e-commerce and just like how it connects and how it really is a business type thing that it's not just something that is some dumb hobby that people do like mindlessly scrolling or whatever. Oh, I completely agree. I mean, okay, look at, let's talk about jobs first. The <laughs> amount of social media managers, the amount of influencer marketing managers, PR teams, people that work at TikTok alone, like number one, great for the economy. Like the amount of jobs it creates is beautiful. It helps people connect. Like me and you, I don't know if we'll ever meet in person, but you get to connect over social media. Uh, and that goes for anyone that connects. I think it's beautiful. Not to mention the amount of money being made. Like, I could talk about that all day. Um, you know, the rise of content creators. Who's creating content with no social media? Like, stuff like that, I think, becomes nice in that sense. Um, and I know there's obviously 
some hateful things and, and whatever the case may be that goes on, on on social media and the internet and in general but i do think uh it's a net positive at the end of the day and yeah i feel like like anything there's good and bad in everything but i feel like at the end of the day the power and stuff that like social media how it's simply like pushed a lot of spaces like through like i i was one of those that was late to the e-commerce game and like not not really <laughs> like I, like to this day like i i don't use like amazon prime or all of those like i just started like in 2020 um even though like i'm a huge tech person but just seeing how you can now buy things right off of Instagram and just like that's a whole nother like just cut, like blows my mind how you can literally be scrolling and buy like that was just first of all dangerous because I'm just picturing like it's two o'clock at night and you're like, dang, I would really, really like to buy like a cool knitted sweater for my like pet bulldog and you could easily like find like go on like instagram or whatever and find that and do like a one-click purchase which amazon also has which is dangerous like why that is yeah <laughs> like stuff like that's just like dangerous oh my god no it's like beautiful in a sense on the supplier side <laughs> and you know if you're running you know brand whatever but that one-click purchase is nuts to me like I think it's cool for the integration and, you know, it removes friction on a, like a purchaser path per se. Like, you know, if I were in an e-commerce store, I would want, you know, embedded uh, Instagram shopping, but man, it is accessible and quick. And when they've got your info saved, holy, it can go, uh, it can go pretty quickly. Yeah. Like it's insane, but zooming out a little bit, can you explain what Debo Media is and like what your current role with the company and everything is? Yep. Uh, so... <clears throat> Let's call it a glorified, not even glorified, it's a talent agency. Uh, I, I'm a one-man show. I actually just hired uh, my first employee part-time. Um, yeah, so we bring brand partnerships to internet creators generally on TikTok, but we've gotten into uh, to Instagram Reels, like, you know, they package the deals up, uh, as well as YouTube. Um, generally in the financial uh, and crypto space in terms of the, the brands we work with, but uh, we've done deals with, with fashion brands, cosmetics, beauty, whatever the case may be. Uh, and then the business model is just like, I'll bring my influencer a deal for ten thousand dollars, and I'll take a twenty percent cut out of that as my fee, and I'll and I'll take two grand. Influencer makes eight, and everybody goes on their way. And then the other side of that, uh, the more boring stuff is I do some consulting for other agencies on the email process the processes to bring in uh, brand deals for their clients as well. Okay, but the email stuff, like especially like I don't know, like I I've really been paying attention to emails um, right sure. now. Kind of dangerous because like they're everybody's doing their summer clearances and they're really getting my attention. Um, but that's, that's I feel like, a very important deal. I feel like now a lot of people, specifically newsletters, have, are resurfacing with, like, getting big again. So the power of being able to capture people's attention and getting people to subscribe and kind of stay within your network, I feel like, is, in, is a skill that is, like, very, is coming back again. People first have, like, kind of, like, migrated to the whole SMS messaging versus email news but i feel like email newsletter and advertising is making it come back so definitely a high skill that you should be proud of <laughs> thank you yeah my one of my clients uh hannah williams she runs salary transparency she just launched the newsletter actually um we've got some great people working there too one of them's austin hankwitz he's an influencer himself he's great with copy i can't even take credit for it he writes most of the, the newsletters or he helps out at least um but yeah the, like it receives great responses and you would think like Maybe you wouldn't think so. I used to think like it's a bit outdated per se, but no, man, people are like, we've sold ads on it. Like people are into it. No, I, I did. Yeah, I was one of those. I thought their emails were outdated because I don't know, like at 
first I was like, okay, like first of all, they're a lot. They're always a lot of times they're too frequent. Like I don't need an email every day. Like send me like one maybe like once a week. Like I really uh, ones that I really like are my New York Times ones. Uh, I get the L.A. Times uh, newsletters as well that like say that like talk about like oh what's streaming and stuff like that. I think those come out like on Sundays or on the weekend. So it's more of like a, this is what you might have missed. Um, so I like that strategy approach better. And then um, I'm trying to think what other ones. Yeah, I feel like most people have moved to the SMS texting one, but now that's starting to drive me crazy because I'm like, stop texting me every day. <laughs> I'm like, I get it's it. intrusive, I find. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, I get it. You're having a sale. Like, relax. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think what other. Yeah, I feel like that just like, just seeing the revolution of email coming back and people now, I feel like people are now being more vocal with what they want. I feel like we all just opted out instead of like giving feedback and letting people know like what we didn't like. So I feel like now marketers and stuff are now getting that feedback of like, Oh, people are saying it's too frequent or, Oh, it's not uh mobile friendly or, Oh, it's doesn't really inform them of what's going on. But like I've fallen into three, like I had three, I got three emails about like, sales that were 70% off and stuff and I fell right into that trap and I really clicked that link and went straight to that page yeah. so I feel like everybody's no, like fair. now found the formula <laughs> yeah no it's and on like the brand side or I don't know if I wouldn't qualify as a brand but on my side like what you're saying everything gets tested so like they'll test the A-B test those subject lines they'll A-B test the copy the graphics the follow-ups whatever the case is um, and that's why they now know, you know, this performs better, uh, on a Tuesday versus a Wednesday, et cetera, et cetera. And I do it on my end as well. So like if I'm emailing 40, 80 brands a week, I'll split them up into tests. So 40, get this subject line, 40, get this subject line. What well, one gets a better response rate? Then you move on to the body, uh, the text itself. And you know, that goes down the funnel per se to create a perfect email. But yeah, it's crazy. You know, the more data people have, the more data I have or the brands have, the better theoretically the email should get. Over time. And ha- like in regards to like the testing, have you guys noticed whenever you work with my brands, like, oh, this brand's targeting more towards like people over 30, like they seem to be liking this format um, compared to like those like in their 20s and like teens. Have you guys noticed like specific things that they're more drawn to for each types of demo? Yeah, almost like backwards. So like for... Um... For a female client, we'll go, we'll talk about how, you know, she leads uh, a, a fun life that caters towards uh, young females in high school, and we think we should partner for this. But, you know, uh, public.com, they're a brand I work with a lot, they're a stock investing app. Um, my initial emails to them were like, uh, it was for Daniel Mack, actually. It was along the lines of like, you know, his, uh, his audience is obviously interested in wealth and money, and we think, you know, for these reasons, we can drive users to public, but it'll change, we'll change it almost before we get the results back well just based on what we uh what we think the partnership would make sense for and then obviously we get you know their creative ideas and their feedback and we'll come ideally to a deal and then the deal goes up okay that makes sense like like i feel like yeah that's definitely a lot of back and forth but i feel like doing (laughs) i feel like doing that like i people like me we've noticed it's like okay they're listening versus how a lot of times we would like tell brands or stuff where they'd be like hey like we just want to see a pretty picture. We just want to know what the deal is or like get to it. And so I feel like doing that way or finally listening to it versus like all of us just opting out. And then you're like, wait, where did everybody go? <laughs> Crazy. It's, oh man, I'm not even going to lie to you on the, the brand side email marketing. I'm not like, I ran it for one brand for a bit, but like I wasn't anything crazy. Um, that is a whole other skill. Like that is 
unbelievable to me. I'm not that great at like the design and all that. My most of brands are just like straight all text. <laughs> this is me. This is my client. This is why we want to partner. Here's her rate. Let's go. Um, but man, those email, like the ones from brands to consumers, oh man, like crazily well done. Um, and it takes, in my opinion, a lot better copywriting than what I do, but that's it's just a skill we got to oh, learn, I guess. Okay. Yeah. I was like, definitely like, it depends. It depends. It's also like knowing like where your person is. Like if I'm commuting or stuff, like I just want to get to the facts. Like you said, like the all text might be better, but if I'm, if it's like a weekend, if I'm like being leisure if you have add a little like fluff and be like, Hey, what's cooking? Good looking. What's shaking bake? Like you can, you know, have a little bit more tantalizing and then get to like, Oh, what the root of it is. So it's kind of also paying attention. Like that was one thing that I learned. It's like paying attention to like, when you're sending it, who you're sending it to, and like, like, and the time of day, time of day, and stuff, and because it's like if you're talking to a college student, you're emailing them, like, say, I don't know, like eight o'clock in the morning, probably not awake. So you want to just get to the point. But if it's college student oh, yeah. Friday night, like whatever, like that hour before you're going out, like then okay, it can be a little bit more fluffy or whatever. Or if it's a young professional who's commuting to work and you want them to know about like stuff they've missed during the week, like that's different. They're gonna have a little bit more time because they're commuting. And so that's like that was always one tactic that like I try to always keep in mind whenever I'm doing content and things is like, who am I talking to? Like what time am I sending it out? So which means like would they be at lunch? Would they be commuting? Would they be at dinner? Are they winding down for the day? Like to kind of know how you're going to format it. So I feel like those are always key things to keep in mind, especially with marketing in regards to like emails or um, just like text or whatever your marketing medium is just like to keep those three elements into account. Yeah, no, it's funny you say that sometimes uh, we'll have, like I'll build my brand list, my contact list for outreach and we'll have, you know, people in New York, Chicago, Florida, whatever, like the contacts shows are on LinkedIn. Then I'll have some in LA, San Francisco, uh, Vegas, whatever. And on Tuesday mornings, I don't send emails <laughs> on Monday mornings. I'm not cold emails, but exactly what you're saying. Um, but on Tuesday morning at 9 a.m., I'll press play on the uh, the East Coast list, but I'll wait till 12, 1 o'clock for the West Coast list. Exactly that. Like 5 a.m., if I get an email on my time, like I'm not going to be reading it, which is what 8 a.m. is for the West Coast people. I'm in Toronto. Um, but exactly what you're saying, you have to know and you have to, not to be funny, use your brain a bit to uh, to make sure it gets seen. Yeah, because I feel like a lot of times people are like, oh, I got to send this list out to people. And I'm like, ma'am, if you're in New York and you're trying to email people in on the Pacific Northwest, like don't send them an email at 8 a.m. your time. It's going to be, it, they're not going to look at, send it at times like, you know, like that was one, I forget, there was like a book I read that talked about that, like uh, specific times, like if you're trying to like reach different people, um, they're like, if you're trying to reach like a higher up, like email, like at this hour compared to like lunch or a dinner time or whatever, like it broke down. So I think it's just so important when you're, if you're a marketer or handling like any type of like material that you're trying to do outreach, like pay attention to those times and kind of tap into that. So you're like, okay, like if I'm emailing them at 12, probably at lunch, they probably won't look at it till like around one, two or whatever. So I think that's something so key to keep into mind, but zooming out again, how did your, how did your, <laughs> like uh love for media and stuff come about like was there something in school that tapped it i feel like a lot of us in the creative space it's always like art or music class that like sparked that creativity was that like the same thing that happened for you a little different i played hockey my whole life i still do um but like growing up like i i still am i shouldn't <laughs> say I used to i'm like obsessed with uh with hockey equipment like hockey sticks 
generally sticks. Um, and growing up, like I noticed, everyone notices, a guy like Sidney Crosby, for example, he had an exclusive deal with Reebok, who is now CCM, uh, but he could only use Reebok equipment when I was growing up. Um, so you'd see his sticks and they have the custom name bar and it says Crosby 87 or whatever. And, you know, start cluing in, like, you know, he's getting paid. There's no crap, like, he wouldn't be giving this much free promo and this advertising to them without being paid. So I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like, for me, screw the dollars. I'd get, I'd take it just, like, the free equipment, I'd take that deal. Um, and it's crazy what those deals are. And then, you know, that evolved into uh, Alex Ovechkin. If you want to get into hockey, he had a Bauer deal, which is now a CCM deal. I always thought that was cool. And then, you know, translating to influencers, when I was in, I guess, high school, I remember uh, David Dobrik, one of his Seat Geek deals, that really stood out to me. Um, I thought it was beautifully done. I believe uh, Ian Borthwick there, they bought him oh, one of the cars. I forgot what car it was. I thought that was the coolest thing. It's still in my oh, favorite videos on YouTube. I think what you were talking about, uh, like when he got that uh, that car. I remember the mansion one too, like when he moved into that big house. Yeah, it was like, I remember yeah. that one, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just thought that was the coolest thing. I'm like, oh man, God, like David got paid. God knows. I think I have a guess at what he got paid there. Now that's disgusting. But anyways, uh, I thought that was incredible. I thought it was really cool. Um, you know, but you start putting the pieces together. I don't think he's sitting there negotiating the deals. I know on the phone and the videos, maybe it shows that he does. Um, I would have a strong sneaky suspicion that his manager um, obviously is negotiating the ins and outs of that deal. And I thought that was really cool. I thought it was incredible. Um, and then in high school, I watched Entourage. I don't know if you're familiar with that show, but uh, Ari Gold there, he's uh, you know, a big inspiration, <laughs> let's say. Um, regardless how you feel about him. I don't know. I thought that was incredible. Um, and then, yeah, COVID hit in high school. And I was working as a hockey instructor. I was making 20 bucks an hour. I thought I was on top of the world. Uh, but that one, uh, yeah, that got shut down for the time being. And I kind of just out of boredom, curiosity, whatever. Uh, I started messaging creators I work with. Like these DM, I just DM them on Instagram. And I'm like, hey, like I'll bring you brand deals. I have no clue what I was doing. I go, I'll bring you brand deal. Oh man, nothing. Uh, don't pay me a dollar commission only. Like uh, one of them, my first one, his name is Justin Escalona. Uh, texted me yesterday. Um, he goes, yeah, man, sure. Like and he texted me. Like I left my number and he texted me. I thought that oh, I was freaking out that night. Um, he goes, does 15% commission work? I'm like yeah sure i had no clue i won't take under 20 now but like i thought it was like yeah whatever sure um and then yeah when that first deal came man oh i got hooked like it was just so cool i remember getting a check uh it was a six month deal i should shut up but like it was a six month deal um and i was gonna get monthly checks from this brand uh and my first one was 500 bucks oh my god let me i felt like a million like it was nuts i thought that was so cool and then yeah from there i got hooked and it kind of started Wait, to so i feel like a lot of people are still like yeah i just like dm'd how did they de- like how did they th- like i don't know like every a lot of people have been saying this um but like how i don't know like i get time why they respond yeah i was like because i get DMs <laughs> stuff like that all the time where people are like oh i'd love to like draw you uh for free or i'd love to send you a free pass i'm just like first oh, of all you're cool. a spam bot <laughs> So it's like, like, how do you, why do you, what, did you like feel like you did something specific that like made them feel like, okay, like this kid, got, okay, like I'll try it. Yeah. I honestly, like with all due respect, I don't want to like discourage anyone from trying. I have no clue why this guy responded to me. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Now, like, I'll be honest with you. If I email someone, like I have a bit of a portfolio and, and whatever you want to say in the space and that, they usually respond. Uh, back then I had nothing. I didn't even have a, a website domain. It was, you know, christiandebrado at gmail.com. These emails are being sent from, uh, which is a huge no, no. Um, I, bad answer. I don't know why he responded. I'm grateful he did. And I'm very, you know, it helped me a lot, obviously now. Um, but back then 
I'll be honest, I probably wouldn't have responded to me. Like, what the hell am I? I, you know, whatever. I could have found his email. I could have emailed him. I emailed him this DM with crappy grammar. Um, yeah, for whatever reason he did. We, I don't know, made some money together. I'm happy. And then, uh, yeah, I guess I'm here now. Did you, like, b- prior to that, like, did you feel like you had an advantage using certain platforms? Because I know, like, a lot of people, they're like, oh, I knew the ins and outs of Tumblr or I knew the ins and outs of Instagram, so reaching out to doing that, like, I felt comfortable enough where, like, I could help market or I could help brand or really knew that space to create content. Like, did you favor a specific, like, platform? <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, now, okay, sure. Now, like, you know, 90% of my deals are on TikTok. I just, I know how to price the, I know how to price the work. Uh, I know how to find my contacts or whatever. Back then, it was like, let me give this a shot. Like, I had no clue. I'd never done a deal. I had no clue how pricing worked. I was literally, oh man, you're going to laugh. I was literally Googling how to price podcast ads, podcast ads, CPM. <laughs> and I'd go back to the brand. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is what we're going to do. He has, you know, 5,000 listeners. So we're going to go 1,500 bucks an ad, whatever. Um, so again, bad answer. And I don't want to like discourage anyone, but no, I had no clue. Now, sure, it's different. Like, now I understand, you know, this is what a podcast ad will be. This is what an Instagram ad will be, TikTok. I don't think I've ever done Twitter, but like, now, of course, and with experience, it comes. But back then, man, whew, I was blind. I mean, I feel like at least that's I feel like a lot of times like people like be like, yeah, just like one day I started and now I have this consultancy. So I feel like that's honest. And I feel like that's something we try to like keep it real, of course. like hot here, honest, open, transparent and like know that like a lot of times people like are just like trying. And sometimes it's not going to work on like the first try. But like you have to what you said, you Google, you research. And I feel like that's very important to take that time to be like, you know what? I don't know this skill or I don't, I lack know this knowledge. So I'm going to use the tools around me to know. Like I, one thing that I did early on was I was always doing the LinkedIn learning courses. If there was something I didn't know about some, or I did, uh, I watched like YouTube tutorials. Like everybody has like their master class on YouTube or companies will do uh, different like videos and background. I should be doing that with like crypto and all those other things, but I'm not. Me too, eh? No, I know. It's like, I'm just, just gonna let that just gonna let that one just live its life but um that's cool so you started uh devo media your senior year of high school so how like how did how did we get here so we we go from just like blindly messaging to like at senior year like did you know like that was something you wanted to pursue if you wanted to go to college or were you just like oh like i'm pretty good at this like let's just like give this a try uh yeah good question i mean now i think i'm good at it back then it was you know what i'll be honest with you like that summer uh it was like the first pandemic summer um so school ended i should probably make that clear we got sent home from school in march we never went back so like that gave me a lot of free time um school was made optional online at that point so you can imagine what kids (laughs) were doing um and my time was spent right you know spent writing emails at the time and then uh my parents are entrepreneurs too and this obviously plays into what I guess I do, uh, but they have like a construction business, like they have an office maybe five minutes from our house. Um, so in the summer I went to work at their office, like just helping them out with you know, invoicing and office administration, whatever. Uh, and then I'd be sending these emails at night from whatever, you know, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Um, but my point is like, it was, yeah, it was very slow to start. Like I did that deal in May and then I think my next deal came, like I went to university that, that September. And I think my next deal came in March uh, the year after. Um, so my point is, yeah, a bit of a slow burn. Um, but then after I did this deal with Mark Tilbury, he's like an older, no, an elder, a nice gentleman uh, on TikTok. Uh, no, he's not even that old. He's like 58. 
Um, anyways, we did a deal with Honey, the browser extension. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, on, on YouTube. And then that one was like a big portfolio thing. And like he introduced me to uh, the public.com. And then from there, I got in with Daniel Mack. And, you know, it's crazy the way I always say this to my parents and, and everyone I talk to. Like, the way your connections will snowball, to me, uh, such a lesson to me, uh, which I think is nice. But anyways, yeah, a lot of, uh, you know, treating people right, hard work, long hours, and uh, yeah, we're here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like, uh, did you, were there like particular types of like, when you were going, like working with the deal with like Honey and stuff, were you wanting to stay within tech type partnerships or were you just kind of just like throwing at stuff and then like whatever stuck, like you would go. So I feel like a lot of times like people go and they're like, oh, my niche is like tech companies or my niche is the food commerce space or my uh, focus is going to be like the fashion area. Like, did you kind of get an idea? Yeah, no, good question. Uh, I'll be honest with you, I leave it up to my my talent. So uh, I'll text Mark. I remember this actually vividly. I said, Mark, like, who do you want to work with? Who can't I work with based on your exclusivity clauses with other brands? Um, he goes, okay, so I can't do a, a U.S. stock investing app because I'm with public right now, um, for example. But I can do, you know, anything crypto, anything recruiting and hiring, um, saving money outside of investing. Those are free reign. So from there, I'd, you know, put together a list based on those. I wouldn't, you know, I don't want to waste their time every five minutes. Like, hey, I reached out to these guys. But I'll do a list of like 40, 50 brands at a time. Um, and I'll reach out to them and say, hey, like I'm contacting you on behalf of, at this point, Mark Tilbury. You know, X, Y, Z, this is why we want to do this. Um, but in short, we'll leave it, I'll leave it to the talent. I'll get a wish list from them. And then based on that, you know, if they give me Nike, I'll go Nike, Adidas, Reebok, New Balance, Skechers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and yeah, you build brand lists like that. And uh, like, so when, so the process, like after they're like, hey, I want to work with Adidas, like, do you immediately just DM them, like the brand? Like, no, no. Or do you try to find like a contact there? Like, how does that? So, yeah, no, super. Glad to get technical. I, I nerd out. No, I nerd out about this. I love this. Uh, so I have some software. It's called Apollo.io. So it'll scrape from LinkedIn. So I can go into Apollo uh, to look up, let's say, Adidas. Um, it'll say, you know, it has a like, bunch of fields, company, Adidas, job title. I'll put like, influencer marketing manager, social media marketing manager, uh, public relations, et cetera, et cetera. And it'll spit out uh, a list of names saying, you know, Colin Daniels, influencer marketing manager, Adidas, and I can click access email and it scrapes your email from LinkedIn. So, you know, Colin at adidas.com. And then from there, uh, I'll export it as a CSV. I know this is getting really technical, I'm sorry. Uh, I'll export that as a CSV and I'll import it into my email software and my email software will spit that out to them. No, the reason why I ask is I feel like a lot of times people are, people have been saying like, oh yeah, I just make a list, but it's like a lot of times people are like, okay, how do I make this list? Like I've listened to- No, that's the most time consuming part. Yeah, yeah a lot yeah. of times people are like, will say that on podcasts or things that I've listened to and nobody breaks it down. So I'm like, can you tell people how you do that? Because <laughs> I, I was a publicist. So like I, we used, um, I can't remember the name of the software, but we used a software like that where you would type yeah. in the name and like find whatever. But I feel like if I'm someone who's coming into the field and I'm trying to figure out like, okay, like I've sent three blind DMs to Nike. Like it's not work. Like how do I get, how do I get started? And so I always like to That's whenever. Super ask, valid. Yeah. I always like to ask. Cause I'm like, if I'm someone who's listening, who's like, I'm trying to get in contact with Nike. I'm like, what do I do? <laughs> no, you're sure. If you want the truth, you're going to laugh. Uh, it's funny you mentioned that my first one, like for Justin, for example, uh, I don't know what the hell Apollo was. Like, I don't know what I was doing. So I used to go like to Nike.com. Let's say if you scroll to the bottom, like to their footers, there's like a press or a media oh, inquiry yeah. section. <laughs> and I used to like copy, you know, press at Nike, PR at Nike, whatever it was. And I put that into the, the inquiry. 
like the inquiry campaign on my email, uh, the side email software, and I get like, you know, 95% opens because, you know, these things are automatically open. I'm sitting there like, oh man, like, you know, these deals are going to come, this and that. Like, that's a lot, right? Uh, yeah, they didn't come. Uh, but then <laughs> once I found like Apollo and these other ones, that makes it a lot easier. There's like LinkedIn Scraper. Well, Apollo is a LinkedIn Scraper, but there's a bunch of like white labeled uh, software exactly like the one I use. I'm sure you guys had something similar. Um, and that's where like, it became a lot more, you know, there's less friction there. So that PR email would get forwarded to the people that I'm now finding. Uh, so it removes one step and it, you know, it, I've seen a dramatic increase in replies, which is huge for me. I'll probably, I'll never go back to anything else. And I fit, and you brought up a good tip also, like using the LinkedIn searches, like that was a uh, one thing that I use as a huge tool early on in my career also was just be like searching on there. Like lots of people are like, Oh, like, yeah, just email the HR department to XX company or so-and-so and, and, and though, like you said, like they open them, but they're not reading them. So it's better to, find somebody's email and a lot of times a tip that a lot of people don't know is a lot of professionals will put their emails in like their twitter bios or their instagram bios and that's always really good so instead of just sending them like a dm on there like if they have an email or something listed definitely like send them an email and, and you can be like hey like i sent over a dm with xx details and also to keep the messaging short if you're messaging on those types of platforms like uh twitter uh, i feel like a lot of times <coughs> I always have to remind a lot of people that when they're like, oh, yeah, I really want to work with this brand, then they'll send over the, they'll send over like a preview of it to me and they'll be like, since I was a little young lad growing up in the east side of the <laughs> island of Scotland, I'm like, yeah. Jimmy, they no, do they not, no one yeah. cares. And no, that, no. that was like one thing that I remember when I first started like in the like marketing space, they'd be like, don't tell anybody your person. They don't. Nobody cares. Get to the point. Like, what do you what do you want with this? Like, and so I always try to tell people. I'm like, save that for if they ask. But like, to be honest, nobody cares. Exactly. Don't send like a two page email. Like, I've been using your toilet paper since. <laughs> no, <laughs> but, exactly. Just say like, hi, I'm a senior in high school, or I'm a freshman at such and such university. I'm a marketing major or I have an interest in majoring in marketing. I'd love to know more about your internships. Then from there, they're going to get into like next steps. And if they ask you like, oh, how'd you hear about us? Then you go into, I've been using your toilet paper since I grew up on the South side of like Ireland. Like don't give us the whole spiel because they're, because they're, they're, it's quick. They don't have time to read all that. Oh, hundred percent. That's so key. Yeah. If you're trying, even if you're not a marketer, but if you're just someone who's wanting to get into the spaces, like a, like as an internship or an entry level job or whatever the case may be, like don't send a long, <laughs> don't send your life story about like this has been. Don't do that. Like they're not, they're not gonna read. No, it. Yeah. Like yeah, use your resource. Like find them on LinkedIn or find their email and send a quick. When I say quick, I mean like three to five sentences about like finding out more information. Don't send like a life, <laughs> your life story about it. Yeah, no, you're exactly. I'm telling you, I've been working since I started to shorten my script. Every like I still do. Like I try to keep it literally three to five sentences. It's tough sometimes. Like you have to explain some stuff, but like right now it's like hi i'll personalize the first line to them that is huge i could go that all day um but i'll personalize something based on their linkedin page you know i'm christian contacting you on behalf of x we want to partner for this reason would you be interested hit me back um it's huge for replies when i get cold emails like about like these you know publicists whatever like oh you, you they want me to obviously pay for for uh publicist services for example like they'll give me these 
huge spiels. And I almost want to email back. Like, look, you want my business? This is how you should write your emails, number one. Um, but exactly what you're saying, I fully agree. As short as possible, as concise as possible, don't waste people's time. If they want to know, they'll ask and they can ask, you know, if you're on a call with them, like I guess we are right now, <laughs> sure. Uh, they don't need to read about, you know, your childhood in a cold email. Yeah, and that's like a whole, that's like a whole other thing about like, that I could get into is like, uh, PR professionals or marketers like sending emails and it's, you can tell it's just copy and paste that they have no idea what that person does. They, that's like, I could, I could do like a whole episode on that. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. I cannot stand them. Like, know who you're talking to. Like, if you're talking to Bob over at Green Eggs Daily, do not email him about, are you interested in partnering for this campaign with for wild hogs? Like, no, he's not interested. He covers eggs. Do not send him that. Like, look up who you're doing. Don't because I feel like a lot of times people will make it's unprofessional. Yeah, they'll too. just make media list and they'll just like send out whatever. It's like, yes, it's time consuming to go through and like see, but it makes more sense if you have a list of like maybe five to ten who you actually went through and researched that, that you can find. Like, oh, like this actually makes sense to align with versus like just finding like a list of 100 influencers or brands in like uh, Vancouver that you just found, but you didn't even research to see what their beat is. And you just send them the same email. Like, no, you're wasting time. Yes. You sent a hundred emails, but like, is anything going to actually stick? Cause you Doesn't didn't it, yeah. look to see like, Oh, does this actually align with what I'm doing? Like, does this make sense? And I feel like that's the lazy oh, approach. So a lot dumb. of times like people don't want to go through and do the research to see like, Oh, well this actually, does this make sense for me to work with them or do I just want to, like you said, like, is this just me collecting a check? <laughs> no, you're right. I'm telling you, I'll be honest with you. As much as I talk badly about it, that's probably why I make my consulting money. Like I, you know, I'll take the time and I have an employee now that helps me out, but uh, we'll take the time. We'll research, you know, this brand should be partnered with for this reason, et cetera, et cetera. And we almost, we sell that service to agencies and it's, it's huge. It's MRR for me. And it's a monthly, uh, monthly fee. Um, but if people were good at it, if everyone was good at it, I probably wouldn't have that role, which is, I guess it's nice. <laughs> well, I don't want uh, to try to business. <laughs> no, thank you, man. Thank you. Um, I appreciate it. I'm just saying like as bad as everyone, I don't want to say everyone, that's not fair to say, sorry. Um, as bad as some people, you know, are at it and as, you know, as little care as they take, I think the people that do take the time and the attention to detail, they'll succeed in that sense. And I don't know. That's why I get to do this full time. It's nice. <laughs> there we go. But. I feel like we now we've kind of like touched. I feel like now, like Gen Z, millennial. Do you feel like there's a little bit more of an advantage because I feel like we're a little bit more personable and like I feel like a lot of times whenever I'm coming across like business owners that are around our age, like they take the time to connect on that personal level versus looking at it just a not that our parents and like those people used as like a transaction, but I feel like a lot of times like when we're doing businesses or doing deals or partnerships, we really make sure like all the way throughout that they line up with like whether it's our core values or we'll take the time out to see like what actually makes the most sense from when we're setting up our business so like if it just makes sense that we don't have a physical storefront like i feel like we'll full-fledge all that into e-commerce or only selling on instagram or whatever like do you agree with that that you feel like that's like an advantage that we have oh 100 i'll be like you know my clients like as much as you know, I make them money, they make me money. Like, yeah, we're all like almost friends in that sense. Like, and they're within 10 years of my age, I think all of them. Um, I'm just saying like, it's not some 65 year old agent at CAA texting them like, Hey, I have a deal for you. It's like, Hey, how was your day? How's <laughs> your mom doing? Do you want to do this deal? It's a lot more personal. I agree. Um, not to mention, like, I think again, there as a social media, like 
I'll probably never have an office. I'm not going to go pay rent at an office. Like I can work from home, um, which that is huge too. But in terms of like personability, I think it's the age becomes huge there. I think it's a lot more like I can be a lot more relatable to clients. I understand why they don't want to do a deal um, if they don't agree with the brand's values for whatever reason versus an older person that just wants their check um, <laughs> just based on. No, I'm, I'm not saying older people don't care for that either. I'm sure they do. I'm just sure that, you know, there's some old fashioned agents out there that uh, they want you to take the deal to take the deal and they can get their commission. Um, but I don't know. I think I can relate to my clients a lot more and what they're going through. And like, I signed a client a couple days ago. She's a year older than me. Like, uh, and it becomes a lot more easy to talk to them. And, and exactly what you're saying. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, because I feel like one thing that I've noticed, <clears throat> like we talked about TikTok earlier, but I feel like a lot of TikTokers, one thing I've noticed is <clears throat> the younger ones, they'll, the, the partnerships and things that they do make sense to them. And it a lot of times, like, people be like, oh, like, oh, did they, how did that come about? But it's like, they know who they are. They know what their message is, the buzzword authenticity. They're very authentic to, like, <laughs> what they what they want to do and, like, who they are. So if they're not going to just, like, do a brain where it's like, oh, they want to offer me, like, cool clothes, they're going to be like, oh, okay, but, like, what is your company doing to give back to people or, like, are you guys sustainable? Like, do you guys stand for like the first thing? Yeah. yeah. They'll like go through it versus like, I feel like prior, it was kind of like, a, Oh, like the early, like when we first started seeing influence, I feel like a lot of it was just like, Oh, like so-and-so brand wants to pay me to wear their clothes. All right. But I feel like now we're seeing like a new way where it's like, okay, cool clothes. But what do you guys like? How do you give back? Like, what do you guys actually stand for? Like, they're going to go through the whole thing and make sure. Oh yeah. That that's like a true alignment versus like just taking whatever. Yeah, there's that's actually funny you say that. Uh, one of the agencies I work with, uh, they represent you know a bunch of talent, um, and we just got these offers. Uh, it's Tuesday, I think it was Friday or last Thursday. Uh, we got offers from this brand. You know, we want this client for this much and this client for this much from your roster. Uh, it was a good chunk of money. One of them accepted. The other one. Literally, like you just said, look through their stuff. They realized they didn't really, in terms of sustainability, practices weren't great. Um, didn't do much for the environment in that sense. And, you know, this person's my age. She's in school. Uh, and she rejected it. She didn't want to do the deal, which is, you know, whatever. I'm not going to get into <laughs> sustainable, sustainability and all that. I It's nice and it's, I admire it. Uh, but you're right. Like, some people, it does not matter the dollar amount. It has to be right. And I admire that. I do. It's... Uh, it's keeping your audience on your side, which I think is huge for the long run. And I feel like it. I feel like it's awesome because it's like if you see if you're, say, a follower of that person and you see them like posting with this brand, you're like, um, exactly. You clearly just did that for a check because I know I'm like that exactly. with a lot of influencer people I see where I'm like, um, you do not even drink milk. You're lactose intolerant. Why are you? Why are you posting for this brand? Oh, yeah. like, your tummy is gonna hurt in like three minutes after this post goes up. Like, yeah, <laughs> no, like, exactly. That was for a check, but I just feel like it's like you lose your credibility if you do that. And I feel like a lot of us at the beginning, like when it was coming around, we just did whatever to get that check in that into starting. Where a lot the younger ones are now, like, I don't care if like this means I'm gonna. It takes like three more months till another brand deal comes. I'm, it wasn't right, so I'll wait till it's crazy another. Yeah, I know I admire comes it comes through. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of them, like, very, very quick bag opportunities for, like, like life-changing money. Like, crazy stuff. Uh, and I, I admire the client. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. As much as I want my commission, like, man, I admire it. Like, good for you. Like, uh, 
I can't force anyone. I need to make sure the clients are happy, like obviously. Um, but exactly that, like it's they really take the time and they care and they, they make sure that it aligns with their values, which as much as I can complain about not getting commission on some stuff, I admire like uh, like overarchingly, yeah. And I feel like that's good also that like you as like a consultant respects like I feel like a lot of times when a lot of uh, people will tell like their teams like, hey, like this actually doesn't line up and a lot of them are stuck with a contract so they don't have that like leeway to say no to stuff versus like I feel like now a lot of the, I feel like also a lot of the like younger ones, their parents or uh, their teams are like, are like their agents are like our age so like they understand it more so they'll be like, okay, like if you really feel like it doesn't line up with it, like that's okay. Versus I feel like in the past it was like, look, I don't care if that milk makes you sit. Get over there and pose with that cat. Yeah. So no, exactly. <laughs> no, that's exactly it. And like, like as much as it's like nice that I do that, I wouldn't have a business if I, you know, was forcing people to take deals. That's, it looks bad on me, of course. Um, and, you know, if you want to take that one deal, take that one deal. But I can assure you they'd leave me right after that. Um, so I think, of course, like as much as I want my commission, it probably benefits everyone long term that the deal doesn't get taken in that sense. Yeah, I just feel like it's I feel like we're now seeing that rise of a lot of influencers forward now. Like, you know, I'm not just going to take that deal. And the ones that do their audience quickly calls them out on it and they'll be like, oh, no, nope, you guys were right. Like I did do that. Like I didn't mess up. And so I feel like we're entering a new age of like seeing accountability where it's like, hey, like you preach X, Y and Z on your content or with this like why are you lining up with like this type of brand or why are you doing you're clearly only doing this type of sponsorship because like you're trying to get a check or whatever which good for you love that for you but I feel like we're now seeing an age of accountability from audiences whenever they're especially like the the younger ones and I uh I can't remember like I just remember like when that new wave was coming through and like people, certain influencers would post stuff and like the parents, would, I would say the parents come to the YouTube like, our kids watch you when they're young and you're not saying a good ex-. So I feel like we're now seeing like more of that. I feel like when that first started, people were like, lady, like relax, yeah. like you're talking to another child. But we're now seeing like now like parents and everybody, like the followers are taking accountability and being like, hey, like you, that actually doesn't make sense that you did that. Like, this is what you could have done better. Like, this is the type of partnership we like to see you. That would have made more sense. So I feel like of that's course. really good that we're now seeing that and how, like, the younger group is, like, really taking that on and being like, you know what, I got to stick to, like, my truth and what makes sense to me, even if my team and everybody's like, no, we need to do this now, we need to do this now. And if it doesn't make sense or I feel comfortable with it, like, I'm not going to do it. No, of course. And I think even... um like longer term in terms of like if the creator wanted to do merch or do a tour or whatever the case is those crappy partnerships up front will i guarantee hurt merch sales and tour ticket sales and whatever the case is down the line uh and there's some serious money to be made there so like i know not to bring money into everything but yeah giving it up up front might help long term and ruining it up front is definitely gonna hurt long term uh so it's yeah it is nice to see accountability being held number one uh but number two on the creator side People staying true to themselves, I admire it. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to unlock the full potential of your media spend? Whether you're looking to launch a new product, build your brand, or help increase sales this quarter, Walmart Connect helps brands make an impact with precise targeting, powerful analytics, and the reach of America's number one retailer. Walmart Connect offers solutions for advertisers of all sizes on and off Walmart's digital properties and in their stores. From cost-effective sponsored search and self-serve display ads on Walmart's site and apps, to connected TV and off-site media across web and social, to in-store activations and live events, Walmart Connect can help you deliver the right content to the right Walmart customer at the right step of their shopping journey. And Walmart Connect's closed-loop measurement means they can track the full impact of your campaign on sales, not just on Walmart's site and app, but also in-store. For some campaigns, they can even provide rest-of-market data that tracks the impact on sales at other retailers. Visit walmartconnect.com today to find out how you can start connecting with Walmart's 139 million weekly online and in-store customers. Walmart Connect. More than media. Meaningful connections. And I feel like you're probably going to put in, like, merch. I feel like everybody's been saying, like, oh, the rise of the greater economy is coming. And I feel like at first we all were like, yeah, okay, like, so so so-and-so made T-shirts or so-and-so launched their makeup Mm -hmm. brand. But I feel like now I'm saying more, like, from um, Tinks, who has, like, her rich mom gear, who I love. Crazy, yeah. um, To, like, Charlie D'Amelio working with Duncan. Love Duncan. And yeah, like that Adam deals Ray, nice, too. Like, right? Just, like, yeah, and, like, I, I could nice, go on. Yeah. Like, Addison Ray and Item Beauty. Um, who else? There's just, like, so many. And so... Even Emma Chamberlain, her coffee. And she also has... What is it? Her skincare line. Um, yes. At Morphe. And then she has, like, that partnership with Kava. Like, I could go on. Like, there's it's so serious. many. serious, yeah. There's, and it's like, when you stop and think about it, you're like, wait, that is the... Because I feel like people hear the creator economy and they think, like, oh, people making t-shirts, but it's like, no, it's creators who are actually, like, in these other spaces who are using their platform, whatever, and, create like, really honing in on their brand. And I feel like that's something we're really... That we actually really are seeing it more because I know I was one of those when I first heard it. I'm like relax but when i just naming out those feet i'm like oh crap wait like these people are like started off like blew up like during that time on tiktok like beginning of the pandemic and now have like mastered their brand and mastered their identity and now have like moved their content off the phones and like into like commerce spaces or the uh doing like food and like makeup and skincare and just all this stuff so like do you have any like favorites that are that you that you're like that you've been really liking their stuff. I mean, Charlie's Duncan deal. That is cool. Like, I don't like, have Duncan here, but like, that <laughs> one's cool. Um, I, I don't know if it counts as a deal, but Chamberlain Coffee, the way it's become, I don't know if mainstream is the right, right word, but like, if you look up like DDC coffee companies on like a Google blog, whatever, like it's up there all the time. Like I really admire that. Uh, we could talk about Mr. Beast all day. He just launched his chocolate. 
Oh, yeah, um, I misheard him. Yeah, I, I discovered him. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, slam dunk that guy with his deals. Um, oh, man, there's a lot. I don't know if I know we're just talking about this. It doesn't really count as, like, influencer, but, like, Justin Bieber's Tim Hortons deal. <laughs> like oh, man. Bieber fever all day. Oh. Yeah, no, he's, he's so good. I think he had album of the year last year. Um, he, like, that, for example, I know it's not really, like, that wouldn't count that as influencer, but, like, meaningful partnerships like that I always admire. But in terms of, like, creative, creator economy, um, I think Emma Chamberlain. Yeah, those deals have to be my favorite. I think it just makes sense. Uh, and then you have guys like Logan Paul and KSI. Like they're not taking deals; they're starting their own stuff. Or I can yeah. talk about the Nelk Boys. All, all that too. Um, but you know they've got Prime Hydration. Uh, the Nelk Boys have. Oh man, they've got a bunch. But they've got Happy Dad and their own merch lines, and they've got their steak deals. Um, my point is meaningful partnerships. I think we we're just talking about this in terms of authenticity makes a lot of sense. Um, and, you know, for example, Justin Bieber being Canadian or whatever the case is. Same thing with the Nelk boys. Um, my point is that is what I like to see. Um, in terms of deals, I'd say Emma Chamberlain. But in terms of uh, of products themselves, I probably have to give it to the Nelk boys. Um, that is cool to me, seeing like their seltzer. It's not in Canada yet. You guys actually have it there. I'll, um, I'll look it up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, it's doing well. Um, I don't know. I admire them the way they've turned down a lot, a lot of brand money uh to stay true to the roots like we just said which i find awesome uh yeah i could talk about that all day but yeah, <laughs> yeah. and i feel like you t- you brought up something between like product and quality like i i feel like now we're seeing it like a lot of people come into like the skincare realm or the makeup realm and a lot of these creators like founded themselves becoming experts like i can think of like skincare by Hiram and like a few others who are like into these spaces and stuff but they built such a trusted following because they've either had views where they reviewed these products or they became such experts on whatever that topic is. So when they do move into that space and create their own of whatever that is, like Mr. Beast and his chocolate, whatever, I don't, I just discovered him. So I haven't like really watched all his videos. Oh, he's good. I'll, I know like people are saying like, oh, like his burgers are, I heard are like really, really good. And then like same thing with the chocolate, but it's like, these people have like come to expect these people have come to expect that. So if that product or whatever isn't like that, they will run you out of town. And I feel like a lot of times people are like, Oh, why is it so coming out with their makeup? Like Jacqueline Hill, like with her jewelry and makeup and people are like, why aren't they coming out with their stuff faster? And it's like, these creators know that like they can't half do it. Like if they, oh, they got to nail product, it, yeah. they got to come out the gate, like heavy with it. Like they can't just slap something together. And that's something I do like seeing uh, compared to, like, I feel like when I was growing up, like, a lot of times, like, people would just, like, come up with a t-shirt or come up with, like, whatever. And it wouldn't even be that good, but it's, like, we're now seeing creative stuff when they come out with, like, skin crew or, like, a food product or whatever. They're taking their time with it, and it's quality. It's not just them putting their name on something. Like, they're, like, if my name's going on this product, I have to believe in it, too, not just... Yep. I don't want to just make a quick book. Like, this is for you all, and I want you all to truly enjoy and that's something that i really appreciate seeing versus like people who are just like putting out stuff just to put it out there yeah i know and you could see the difference i mean like you know i'm not gonna start naming people but you could very obviously see the difference you know who cares and who doesn't uh and i think it goes back to what we we're saying about authenticity and, and the long-term health of a creator and the creator economy as a whole uh i think caring what your name is on and, and really taking pride in it per se I think that's huge. Like I know like Happy Dad, for example, the Nelk Boys Seltzer, that was worked on for over a year before it got launched. They hired a president, they hired PR people, they, like a lot of people to make this happen uh, versus 
like you know how easy it would have been for the Nug boys to get a Corona deal. Like mm-hmm. snap your fingers. But you know this is what I mean. It's huge, and you know they're gonna make a lot more money from this. I can only imagine. Um, and not to mention, it's cool for the brand. They can put it in frats. They can put it in bars. They can whatever they want. Day parties, whatever the case is. Um, I think that's huge. And you know, long term, oh man, I, I'm beyond excited to see that. But yeah, overarchingly, yes, exactly. And I and like like you said, like that's a cool like seeing how a lot of these like are bringing their brands where that like they're expanding them and like licensing them with other uh like bigger like with Sephora's or like grocery stores or whatever like just seeing how that's growing you're just like oh wow like this person started as like just someone who was making frothy coffee in their grandma's basement <laughs> to now which I still don't know oh, exactly. I still don't know how to do frothy coffee like that's another episode because I want to learn everybody at the beginning of the pandemic was doing the frothy coffee thing and I never got to learn it yeah I remember that do you remember that like everybody <laughs> oh yeah like on TikTok it. like that and the banana bread yeah. I don't like banana bread so like that, oh, <laughs> that really? can go but the frothy <laughs> coffee I was like dang I want to do that that's so cool yeah I never did it that is cool eh? like, <laughs> I like, never did it all- but honestly yeah <laughs> Yeah, they they all like yeah. I I just I watched so, I watched so many of those videos yeah. of like people doing it, and then just like seeing people like that like coming to doing deals with, like KitchenAid, and then like their product oh, is incredible. now in Macy's and sold internationally or whatever the yeah. case may be. Just seeing stuff like that's like oh wow, like this it's not a game anymore. Like this no, is no. Like, actual business. These people are serious dollars. Yeah. Business. Because like, a lot of times people try to play the card, but they're like, oh, someone suddenly got that deal because they have like 100 million followers. Where it's like, okay, yeah, but the, to can, to keep that sustainability oh, yeah. and like keep that business, your stuff has to be good. If it wasn't, then yeah. they're not going <coughs> not to mention companies aren't going to want to work with them. So it's yeah. like, oh, for sure. Like, oh, that's beyond that's harder than what people think. <laughs> oh, it's such a cop. Not to mention, like, do you think these people were born with millions of followers? Like, no, man, it takes time to produce this content and that's, they need to be rewarded for it. No, I, that argument pisses me off. Um, like, yeah, yeah. I hate when people say this. They'd be like, oh, so-and-so, like, like, they're not, whatever. I'm just like, yo, like, they, if they bought their followers or whatever, yeah, whoever worked with them, they, there's people who shift through that to see. And then second of all, if their product actually wasn't good, they want to put it on their shows or on their websites and stuff. So like that saying that is just like, Oh, like you're clearly mad. Like if you want to, exactly. like if you want to just be there, just say that. Like, so no, just, like, of course. Say Don't make like, contact yourself. Yeah. <laughs> like, Oh, it's so stupid to me. Like I, th- oh, okay. I can talk about that again all day. <laughs> but yeah, no, the hate to me, like, no man, we all have the same 24 hours. They're making content. You're not. And I, me, I'm jealous sometimes too. I should make content. Like you should see the money these guys are making. Um, but like, who am I to complain? Like, you know, these guys wake up, they have 24 hours and so do I, I just don't spend it the same way they do. Uh, so like, who am I to talk about that? No, I, these guys work harder than people realize is, is my point. Yeah. And that's like one thing people like don't realize where they're like, Oh, like, so-and-so just, like, I always see them on the story. They're at just, like, cool parties and posting and doing these trips. And it's, like, do you all know that, like, okay, yes, they're on a trip to uh, Bali for the third time this year. But it's a brand trip. Like, they have to do all these deliverables. Oh, yeah. They have to film all this stuff. It has to be up at a certain time. It has to go through five million hands to, like, be approved for them to post. Like, I feel like a lot of times, like, we'll see them. We'll, like, be like, oh, it's so easy. But it's, like... No, like what they're doing is like actually a business. Actually, it's actually their job. Like they're not just yeah. waking up and being able to post like whatever they want. Like they have to 
no, create, of course. everybody, every marketing company, every brand has their idea of what they want the campaign or what the, what they want it. They're just using that influence to have into their audience, but they know what they want to do. And the influencer has to follow that. Like anybody else with a job with direction. A hundred percent. And like, you know, let's not confuse it. Of course, these guys live pretty cool lives for the most part. And I admire it. And it's just cool. Um, but yeah, there's like, there's hardships there too. <laughs> like, you know, no, like every day you wake up, it's not going to be great. Um, for an influencer, if a deal falls through and we've had it happen, like, you know, me, I got, you know, my 20% falls through, but their 80% falls through. And like, that's, you know, that's their income, right? Like, that's serious. Um, so yeah, like, of course they live nice lives, but it's not like, you know, sunshine and rainbows all the time for sure. And I feel like, yeah, I feel like, uh, that's like a really important thing to keep in touch with. It's like, Hey, like, yes, they are getting flown out or you see them over here, but it's like, some of them are waking up. Like, I remember I was watching some video and they were talking about like how, they wake up at like 7 a.m. and they're making five videos a day and just having to like, like, I feel like a lot of times. Hypos. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, we can, like, that's like a whole nother. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I didn't want to go there. That's like a whole nother. I'm sorry, sorry. I was like, that's like a whole nother realm where it's like crazy. Like, oh, I was just watching, man. like, I was watching an interview on TikTok prior to our conversation and uh, it's like, I forgot her name. I don't want to say it in like I butcher it. Um, But she's a, makeup tiktoker and she was talking about how uh the person was like oh like what do you do and she's like oh i wake up at 5 a.m and like i make my bed and i just get straight to making videos and she's like yeah it's cool i enjoy what i'm doing but i'm making a lot of videos a day and it's a lot of work and so yes i do enjoy it It doesn't feel like work but it's like i my day like the minute i put it to out the bed i have to do like all these videos and all this stuff and that takes a lot out of being it's taxing and i feel like a lot of times like we don't realize that where it's like, or like, oh, they just get to play with makeup all day, or oh, they get to just test drive all these cool BMX bikes all day. Like, <laughs> they're not, they're not working. But it's like, yo, like they're having to get up early, like at the crack of dawn, oh, yeah. and like put this content together. Like they're not. It's not just like, oh, let me take a break. Like they gotta go. <laughs> like keep. Oh, going. for sure. Not to mention, like when you're living on on brand money and merch sales, like you gotta care about what you're doing. Number one, number two, like creatively, like. This is a whole other conversation. These people are so talented in their minds. Like, uh, we did this deal uh, with public.com for, for Daniel Mack. Um, signed the contract. They said, okay, like, you know, what's your idea here? Like, what are we thinking? You know, get back to us by next weekend, uh, by the beginning of the week. It was, I remember it was a Friday. Friday night, 7 p.m., Dan texts me. He goes, yo, man, so this is what I'm thinking. Like, it took him three hours. This is what I'm thinking. You should have seen this. It was beautiful. I loved it. Uh, so I sent it to the brand Friday night and it was approved Saturday morning. Like it would have taken me a month to come up with that. My point is these people, everyone's talented in their own space or in their own right. But, uh, these people are talented and it's not as easy as everyone thinks. Um, I couldn't have come up with that sketch. For example, I also didn't make the money he made on that deal, but there's a reason these people get compensated the way they do. And it's like, like you said there, you have to constantly be on. So you're constantly thinking of like your next video, your next blog poster, everything's work so it's like you might be like oh i'm on tiktok i'm relaxed on the couch they like somebody like that they have to constantly be thinking about like ideas and videos and their next thing because like you said like they're living off that's their main income and i feel like another thing um a lot of people don't realize too is like for a lot of these people are younger they're students and i know i mentioned it on like my previous one where they're start they're in college or they're in high school like i remember um I feel like it was like when I was in college and I was like seeing a few videos where like people who were like younger coming through and they were like, I might have to drop out of high school to keep up with this and stuff. And people were like, oh, a scandal. How could you? But it's like, 
bro, these people are filming like three videos a week and it's a lot of editing and they don't have money for an editor at that point. So they're doing exactly. all this stuff them themselves. So like that is hard. And I feel like a lot of time we're now seeing more of that. Like I feel like when my group was like coming through, like you never heard about that, like how it's affecting like people's marriages or their school or their mental health. And like now we're seeing now we have more who are like being honest and transparent. And like that's one thing I like about TikTok is like a lot of these like whether it's artists or people are just making content or like saying like, hey, like I can't do this and school. Like I have to <laughs> I have to like leave. I have to drop out of school or I have to uh, leave here. Like I have to stop. This is affecting our marriage or whatever it is. And I feel like that's another thing people don't talk about or like see really. They're like, oh, like, yeah, they're making cool videos. But it's like, yeah, but like it's also a strain on them. It's taking a toll on their marriage or they broke up or whatever and all that stuff. So it's like, Oh yeah. Yeah, no, it's like the travel alone. Let's even say like, I remember, uh, who was it? Oh, uh, Daniel Mac actually. Like I remember I was talking to him on the phone one day. He was in Texas at home, whatever. Uh, you know, two hours later I saw an Instagram story. He's on a plane to Vegas <laughs> to do a video with someone that was performing there. And the next morning he's back in Texas, little stuff like that. Like the travel over time, number one could be taxing, whatever. That's a whole other conversation. But to maintain personal relationships, I can only imagine how tough that is. Um, yeah, the strain can be, of course, it could be tough. You know, this is a whole other, uh, the lifestyle is completely different. Um, you get introduced to a lot of people, you have a lot of opportunities, whatever the case is for these people. Um, and it can be, yeah, damaging and taxing in a sense. And you kind of got to pick what's most important to you as harsh as it sounds. Yeah, it's like you can't. A lot of times it's like, you know, like, hey, I need to actually step back. This actually affecting my mental health. Like, you have to do that. And I feel like yeah. now we're in a space where a lot of us are respecting that whenever creators or people are like, hey, I need to, like, take a step back. Like, this is all becoming too much. And I know we've seen a lot of artists and stuff do it recently. And I feel like that's I'm glad that people are, like, being favorable and respecting that. But I feel like years prior, they were like, uh, they're weak. Why are they tired? They're traveling to... Hawaii and Sydney and over here and doing that like why are they (laughs) like there's no need but it's like uh like that's a lot on someone's body like to be doing all that and having to constantly be on your phone and like filming content or performing or whatever the case may be no 100% and like of course you know I don't want to misconstrue it of course it's a cool life it's a fun life there's a lot of money in it uh for these people not for me for these people i don't travel much for work i sit in my sit in my office um but it, it like you're right i do think you know same thing as like a pro athlete like they deal with crap that that people don't realize as well and like of course they make a lot of money and they get to do something that's cool you know they wake up and generally they'll love their job um but you know they're humans and they do got to deal with stuff and it's uh it's not easy i think no i i couldn't agree more and um <clears throat> to previously zooming out again and <laughs> to wrap up like so many yeah, things. Sorry. Um, what advice do you have for like a teen or something who's like, hey, like I want to pursue my content thing, but I'm a student, or I want to pursue this thing, but like I'm doing this day job. Like for those who are in that type of situation, also, but um, also the type that are like, oh, like okay, like maybe I can pursue this graphic design thing full time and like do that full for like. So, what would you have for like both? those sets of people yeah uh i don't know how qualified i am to talk because i don't think i'm like successful per se i think it's you know I, I like what i do but like there's of course you know steps to be taken um i think as much as or as hard as it is to uh to balance it with school or work at the time whatever it is 
I can guarantee you will not get to where you want to get by not creating. Um, like you have to do what you have to do to get where you want to get as simple as that sounds. Um, you know, these creators, they don't pop up. I don't know where with a lot of followers like, no, man, they create. And there was a point where they couldn't get views and the, you know, the real talent rises to the top, rises to the top. So if you want to be that good, you create and you put in the work. I know it sounds simple and maybe even harsh, but no one's going to add it to you. Like, you know, you got to do it yourself. Um, and of course it's going to be hard and it's gonna, not going to be easy all the time, but I could tell you factually for these, these influencers, it's very much worth it. And then regardless, I think that, that translates to life in general. Like I'm glad I worked when I did as hard as I did and, and continuing now. Like I don't have to answer to anyone, for example, like, I don't know. It's fun. Uh, like I wake up and I sit at my desk and I write my emails and you know, no one says anything to me. Um, and I, I believe I've earned it, which is nice, but in general, I'm just saying like, I think the work has to be put in and, and you'll reap the rewards eventually if you stick with it. Like I've been doing this for two years. And I feel like you touched on a good point too, with a lot of times like people are like, oh, I've been at this for six months and I still am not at like 10 million followers where it's like, you have to, like you said, put in the work and like know that some stuff's going to do well, some stuff won't. And it's like, you have to let, you have to remember why you're doing it. Like if you're just doing it for the views, like bro, you're going to burn out quickly. You won't last. Yeah. But yeah. If, yeah, you're not yeah but if you're like being like, no, like this is actually my passion. It's my calling. You have to keep going because something's going to eventually stick. Like if Rome wasn't built in a night, like Beyonce didn't become Beyonce, like in a week, <laughs> like stuff. Takes time. Yeah, I know for sure. Even like one of my clients, her name's Hannah. She runs salary transparent street. Like, she ran and still runs this page called Stocks and Stop. Oh my God, sorry, Stocks and Squats. It's a career advice page. Um, but she like she's been doing that for a long, long, long time. Uh, she started going out and publicly interviewing people on a separate account. Like I'm not sure if you've seen her. Like, hey, how much money do you make? How happy are you with your job, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And she's gained oh, close to eight hundred thousand followers now in six weeks on that account. She is having brands offer crazy stuff to her, like serious, serious stuff. Uh, but she won't do it. like she's more passionate about salary transparency as a whole versus the money to be made from mm-hmm. her, her platform here. And that's where I think creators like her are going to last versus the ones that are doing it for the views and the check and the bag and whatever the case is. And yeah, and I feel like, like you said, like with that, it's like you have to know. And a lot of times, like people are going to be like, oh, are you sure? And it just deciphering between like those who are like seeing like, oh, like you might you should put that away or you shouldn't pursue that, especially like when you're in school and stuff. And your parents or your family is like, mm, like, let's focus more on that. And it's like, you have to know and like trust that your parents, whoever's saying that's coming from a loving place. Like they're not saying that out of spite or whatever. Yeah, they're course. just saying that out of love. So it's just like, you have to take that word for what it is and be like, okay, like they're saying that because they care about me, but I know I'm supposed to be doing this. And you just have to kind of just like carp- uh, compartmentalize and be like, okay, thank you. But like, I got to keep, Keep on, and it's like a lot of, oh, times, like a lot of people it. don't. Yeah. Just be like, oh well, everybody says that it's going to take me like two years to build this up. So I guess I should, I guess I should. So it's like no, it's like if you know, like this is what you're meant to do. Exactly. Like your teachers might think like, oh, like that's not going to go anywhere. That's stupid or whatever. You can't. Like you have to just like. Yeah, I don't care. Like, who yeah, are you to tell so me you that? Like, you know, that. what have you done? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, I, I'm very big on that. Like, you know, you grew up with all due respect in an era where this wasn't possible. So I'm not, I don't need to listen <laughs> to you uh, in terms of this isn't going to happen. Of course it's going to happen. I know more than you. Anyways, yeah. that's not hard. <laughs> I'm just saying, 
with all due respect, like what credibility do they have in the sense that they've never worked on social media? What do they know? Um, versus got people our age that understand the way this works. I think, no, I think exactly. You have to have a filter to determine, you know, what's valid and what's not in terms of the advice you're getting. Uh, but I'm with you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because I know like when, like thinking back to when I was 17, 18 and people were saying like the stuff that we're doing now wasn't even out yet. Like the social media type stuff like wasn't even here yet. And so I think that's something to also keep into account is to know that your career, whatever, might not even be here yet. Like, crypto just came out and, like, whatever. Like, that wasn't here, like, two years ago. <laughs> here I am talking about crypto again. Oh, but man. it's, like, you have to just, like, keep, number one, like, people are, your friends and loved ones are going to say whatever, but, like, know they're coming from a place of love. Um, and just, like, like you said, we have to, like, filter that out. Put your horse blinders on and be like, no, like, I'm supposed to be doing this. Like, I'm going to keep going. And then also whatever you might be doing might not even be here yet. So like, don't just be like, Oh, I don't, I don't need to learn anymore. Like always stay open and ideas and of like course. keep educating yourself on stuff. Oh my God. Yeah. Like I think exactly. It's an opportunity to learn on the other side of this. It's a, it's an opportunity to learn. Um, like taking the crypto example, like, yeah, I want to learn more. I don't know. I think I threw like 500 bucks <laughs> into Bitcoin a while ago. Uh, that's now actually got, I don't want to look at it. I'm just saying like, I don't know much, but it's an opportunity to learn. And, you know, for, for whoever's not acquainted with social media and the creator economy, whatever it is, if they're interested in it, there's so many valuable resources and a lot of people, a lot of people you can connect with to learn more. Um, but I do think it's not fair to make ignorant comments about it if you don't know what you're talking about. And Christian, thank you so much. And where can people find out more about Debo Media and like you if they want to keep up with you like where can where can we all find you guess my instagram yeah maybe my instagram is just my full name christian debrado um my link <laughs> i don't use my linkedin watch not gonna lie to you uh no nah, i use it like for for brand stuff but like i don't post much on there um yeah i guess my instagram i gotta gotta be more active to be honest with you um but yeah definitely my instagram is just my full name christian debrado all right christian thank you so much for joining us thank you for having me that was fun that was a lot of fun i appreciate it <laughs> Wow, how great was this episode? If you were like me, you probably took a lot of notes and have a lot of questions and comments. So if you do, feel free to add us at Adweek across Twitter, Instagram, all the social medias. And we'd love to hear from you all. And feel free to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. That always helps us. And we can't wait to hear from you all and see you in the next episode. So bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Young Influentials, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Al Manorino, executive produced by Chris Aarons, and edited by Lane McGibney at Bountwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcast. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. If you expect your media investment to deliver clear, measurable results, Walmart Connect can help you get there with powerful analytics and the reach of America's number one retailer. Their closed-loop measurement uses Walmart's proprietary customer purchase data to track the impact of your campaigns on sales, not just on Walmart's site and app, but also in-store. For some campaigns, they can even provide rest-of-market data that tracks the impact on sales at other retailers. Visit walmartconnect.com today and see how they can help make your media spend meaningful. Walmart Connect. More than media, meaningful connections.